Talk History. I'm your host Matt and with me as always is the person who's pulling hair off her shirt at the moment. It's Lorna Baz. Hello! Also known as Lorna. Yeah, just Lorna. I knew you were going to do that then. As I was pulling this hair off my shirt, I had a feeling Matt's going to introduce me as Lorna Baz. A thought, I mean. Wow. Not a feeling. So... If anyone hasn't listened to the podcast before, um, one of us does a report on a topic, moment, event, person from history, um, and we can choose a more famous person, try and shine some new light on it, uh, that happened with the Montgomery Bus Boycott, first episode, or we'll uh, choose a less known moment from history. Um, yeah, and what 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 are you doing this week, Lana Bye? This week I'm talking about a person. Um, who was around in the 20th century. She was born in 1900, actually. Do you want to know who it is? I would love to know who it is. She is called Zelda. Oh, I do know who this is. Who I did is it? You told me this, and then I completely forgot, mm-hmm. and now I'm back. I'm back on board. Zelda Fitzgerald. It is. Um, do you know anything about her? She was a... I, yeah, I think I could tell you a bit. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but yeah, she she was a writer. She wrote yes. Save Me the Waltz, or Save Me a Waltz. She did. Um, she that did. was her only book. She was my draft, Scott Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. Um, supposedly, she uh, he stole some sort of work from her at different times. Ooh. She was... Um, I thought you she, weren't going to give it all away. Uh, I'm not going to give away what happened to her or... or... Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Do you know quite a bit about her? Yeah, I know that she, um... (laughs) I'm not going to say it. I'll just... She was around. She was around, yeah. She she had some issues. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, she's famous as an American writer and artist and an icon of the Roaring Twenties. She's best known for personifying the carefree ideals of 1920s flappers. What's 1920s flappers? Um, it's the women in the dresses who mm-hmm. had a carefree life in the 1920s, used to go out drinking, used to go out partying. Sounds good. Yeah. And I've put, she's also known for a tumultuous marriage oh, to yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald. And I've also put a disclaimer in saying I always confuse him and call him Scott F. Fitzgerald. So apologies in advance, guys. His friends call him Scott, though. So yeah, right. and sometimes I refer to him as Scott. Yeah. I don't refer to him as just F, F. though. <laughs> that that doesn't come up. Um, so she was a vibrant figure, starting with her beauty, uh, and there was also stories told of her and the fun she and her husband used to have. Uh, people really liked her because she was surprising, intelligent, funny, and she liked to party. She liked to be the centre of attention. Hmm, don't know how I feel about that. I'm guessing you're not surprised at though. Um, no, I guess not. Do you want to explain what the Roaring Twenties was? was for I don't know if I doesn't. can explain it that well. I guess it was just... I'll um, get a definition up. Bear with me. Don't want to deceive anyone with this. I would like to be accurate. Roaring. So was this mainly um, in Europe? Or was it when she... She's in America at the minute. I'm going to start from the beginning. So uh, in the 1920s in the United States... Uh, it was called Roaring because of the exuberant, freewheeling, popular culture of the decade. So... I would not have used them words, but... Um, you did. Because I'm reading this definition from dictionary.com. Um, yeah, it was a time when many people defied the prohibition. As I said, there's lots of drinking yeah. at a time when it was banned. Um, and there was new styles of dancing and dressing. And they rejected many moral standards. Um, and it's 
the Jazz Age, mm. which you would love. Yeah, F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote a um, collection of short stories called Tales of the Jazz Age. Oh, so that's the Roaring Twenties. I think it was just totally new because I think, and I think a lot. It's like now. You know when someone went right. So, for example, I'll give you an example. At the minute, a lot of girls are going to like festivals and like this, like essentially bikini tops or like a star with like rope that just essentially covers the nipples. Oh, really? That's a bit groundbreaking, really. Mm. This was groundbreaking stuff. What about that T-shirt I talked about last week or the week before, which has a shirt on the front of it? No, that's I'm not groundbreaking getting stuff. That's vibes. roaring, north mm. what teenies? No, teenies. <laughs> that's what we're in right now. Oh, that is good. I can't wait for the <laughs> roaring twenties to kick in again. Oh yeah. I always, every now and again, oh, I yeah. see stuff on like Twitter or Facebook where it's like, when when we get to the twenties again, we should all dress up like the Great Gatsby and all. And no one will do it. No, it's not going to take off. No, I reckon that you could now. have a twenties party though. Yeah, New Year's we could Eve. have one now. But people do have them now. Yeah. Yeah, so. I had to dress up as um, a flapper in my first week of uni. Oh really? Yeah, I got a dress with all the tassels. The black oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little feather in. Your I had head. a thing around my head. Yeah, yeah. the sequins yeah. on it, I like know, a headband I thing. It. I know it. Yeah. So back to Zelda. Mm. I just wrote. I really like her name. I think she's got it's a quite cool a good name, name yeah. She was born on the 24th of July, 1900, in Montgomery in Alabama, who, which we've talked about before. Head back to the first episode. Slightly different topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were conflicting accounts that I read, so she was either the youngest of six children or the youngest of five. Oh. But there's a bit of a discrepancy between accounts. You can forget about children sometimes, can't you? Yeah, I guess. You lose them in supermarkets and... Yeah, I lost my mum once and tried to hold this other lady's hand. <laughs> they, had this, they had a similar cardigan on. I was small, I wasn't looking oh. up. I was really embarrassed for age as well, that's why I remember. Imagine being that woman as well, you'd be like, I wasn't trying to kidnap yeah. this child, honestly. <laughs> I, I was just reaching for her hand and she kept moving it away and I was like, mum, like... <laughs> she had this black fluffy cardigan on. So I bet you were there, snot dribbling no. out, you know. No, I was I'm like, cute. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Are you trying to hold her no. hand and she's like, God, get off me, Horrible child. I was clean and I'm still clean. I'm offended at that. <laughs> so, Do you know any other famous Zeldas, by the way? No. The only one I can think of is uh, The Legend of Zelda, the uh, video game. Oh. Fun fact for you, Lana, because you weren't on this. The Go main on. character of Legend of Zelda is called Link. And he's trying to save the princess, who's Zelda, I think. <laughs> Right, thank and you. I'm sure people will tell me. I wouldn't say it's a fun fact, though. It is, though, because everyone thinks, oh, we'll play Zelda, and then you and play as this Zelda. guy, and then you run around and stuff. Right, I understand. But like Shrek. It's called Shrek, and it's about the guy, not the princess. <laughs> it's not called Fiona, is it? It's not. I've tried to get... There's no other good examples of that, really. No, because they're all called, like, they're Cinderella. They're all called, like, Cinderella. She's the main character. Sleeping Beauty. Zelda. Snow White. Mario. He's trying to save Princess Peach. But it's called Mario Kart. It's called Mario. Oh, well, it's not called Mario Kart, that one. <laughs> I, I like to play that game, though. That's my favourite one. Good. What about Donkey Kong? No. <laughs> what about the Kongs? No. Okay. No, no, sorry. The Kongs are my favourite. Cranky Kong. Um, so, her parents were called Minnie Buckner Mackensire, and her father was Alabama Court Justice Anthony Dickinson Sire. It's... Did he become an Alabama court justice? He, because yeah. that's fortunate that they named him Alabama court no, justice. No, <laughs> that's not his name. Oh, but I okay. did write that as a lot of names, so I must have thought it was at some point. ACJ, that's a good, good little nickname for him. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess. She was said to be high-spirited and wayward as a child, and she was difficult to control or predict, mm. which sounds like it's leading into the rest of her life, really. Yeah. She had ballet lessons and she enjoyed being outdoors. Um, she was a bright student but not academically inclined and instead focused her attention elsewhere. She was enrolled at the Sydney Lena High School in 1914. Whilst at school, she was voted the prettiest and most attractive girl in her class. That's what I said, a beauty. People liked her. As a teen, she raised eyebrows in her hometown due to her lack of proprietary. Is that how you say that? Yep. She was renowned for flirting, drinking and smoking. So she was a bit of a rebel. Bit of a bad girl. Yeah. She's gone on a bad girl's list. Mainly I think you'd like her, though. She seems alright. Not a fan of smoking, but everyone no. did it back then. They smoked like chimneys. Yeah, it was Everyone. very common. Yeah. She graduated from high school and one weekend at a Montgomery Country Club dance in 1918, she met F. Scott Fitzgerald. I've just said that wrong. Yeah, F. Scott <laughs> Fitzgerald. The multiples. No, I, it's because I was so proud of myself for saying <laughs> F first that I didn't do the rest right. F. <laughs> um, she sorry. Go on. How old were they both at this? She would have been 18. She's 18. How old is he? Cause he's he's not... a little older, I think. I didn't get his age. What um? What happened during the war? Did he go to war then? Or would he have been a bit too young to go to war? 19... Um, when did he join the war? 1917? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that was unpleasant. That was an unpleasant <laughs> yeah, face. Um, when did America join the war? 1917? Yeah, they weren't in it long. It was yeah. very... No, were they even in the First World War? Yeah. Because it's in the Second World War that they joined late. Yeah. They joined both late, okay. I feel so. Um, I feel so. Anyway, she regularly went to dances, uh, and Fitzgerald was an officer stationed at the nearby Camp Sheridan. That's why I said that, because I thought I might explain to you what's going on here. Oh, like, he's working at Camp America. No, 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 he's an officer. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Um... Yeah, they declared war on Germany on April 2nd, 1917. Oh, no. April 6th, 1917. You're good, aren't you? I'll try. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> Fitzgerald wanted to court Zelda, um, and he, in his terms, he began a courtship. Um, oh. He was captivated by her audacious spirit and brash, risky demeanour. That is a tongue twister. <laughs> He say say. He was captivated by her audacious spirit and brash, risque demeanor. Risque, not risky. No, it's risque. risque. I just realised. Ah, okay. Um, she went on to be his muse, and was prominently featured in his most notable works. So I've got a list of them. I'll tell you them now. Oh, go on. Oh, do you want to tell me? Actually, go on. <laughs> She's featured in his works. Yeah, just his tell books. me his four books. That's it. The beautiful and the damn. Yeah. Um, the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Tender is the night. Yeah. And the other one is missing the first one. I always forget the first one. Is it lost? Something lost? No. No. Um, it starts with this. Uh, this is England. Took a turn. Totally different. What's he doing writing? This is England in nineteen twenty. Um, nineteen nineteen. I can't remember what that one's called. I always forget. Nineteen twenty. This side of paradise. This. Yeah. yeah this like side of paradise. Cool. Um. So he was infatuated with her, but Zelda was concerned about his financial prospects and inferior social status. So she was hesitant. Hesitant. I can't speak today. 
As a result, she continued to call other suitors. So ah, he's g- like, he's love smitten. my life. Yeah, and she's like, we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. Don't Gotta trust a writer. Open. Don't trust a writer. Don't back a writer. Just run it out there. Even if it is Fitzgerald. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. Anything to say, Matt, when you're a writer. Yeah, but so I'm just giving you the hard truth today. <laughs> um, in 1990, she de- uh, declined Scott's first marriage proposal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Did you know this? Yeah, yeah. yeah he tried a few times, didn't he? The second time she accepted, oh, did she? I think. Oh, right, okay. well, well, she accepted his later proposal in March 1920, right. so he didn't even wait that long. No. Uh, and this was after his first novel, This Side of Paradise, had been agreed to be published by Scribner's. That's the publisher. Yeah, it's a big one. But um, it's interesting that she then agreed to marry him. After, oh yeah, I wonder why she agreed to marry he's him. He's gonna get published. Yeah. But I can't imagine if if you propose to someone and they knock you back. Couldn't do it again. Tough to to but pick, it depends pick how she said up. no. She might have been like, give it six months. Well, she might have just see said, see if your books will be published. No, no, she might have just said, I'm very young. Yeah, how old is she? What about our financial? She's nineteen. What about oh, our right. financial situation? Maybe we should reconsider in a short while. I don't think she did. I think she went, I think what she are you doing? Went, no. I think they were both drunk and she went, what are you doing? No, oh, but if you're both drunk, you can laugh it off. Yeah. <laughs> the two were married on the 3rd of April 1920 at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York, which was one week after Scott's book hit the market. Oh. The novel um, was an immediate success, and as a result, the couple became immediate celebrities and they became known for their wild behaviour. They represented the youthful rebellion of the 1920s, and Scott became known as the chronicler of the jazz age, while Zelda was an emblem of the 1920s liberated woman. Yeah. Which Good is stuff. cool. I think she's quite cool in that way. Mm. But I'll get on to some interesting things later about oh. feminism. Oh, right. The couple are thought to be America's first celebrity couple, and their rec- recklessness made their story exciting and dramatic. They began to indulge in an extravagant lifestyle, and they would spend beyond their means on travel parties and liquor. Mm. Which is understandable, really. They're in the roaring 20s. Yeah, living it up. Mm-hmm. On Valentine's Day in 1921, Zelda found out she was pregnant, and on the 26th of October, she gave birth to the couple's only child, Francis Scotty Fitzgerald, in Minnesota. F. Scotty McFitzgerald. Fitzgerald, no. F. Scotty McFitzgerald. Why do you say Mc? F. Scotty Fitzgerald. Um... Yeah. What do you think of that name? Scotty. I don't like, I like Scott. Francis though. Yeah. What I is the F in, in F Scott Fitzgerald? Probably Francis. Yeah, maybe. Um, so soon after the couple moved to Long Island, which is in New York, I've lived there for two months. Didn't you just stay there on a vacation? Well, I lived there for two months, <laughs> so no. You can't, I don't think, yeah, it was Francis. Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald. Um, I don't think you can just claim that you live there for two months. I think you'd be when... there anywhere over like a short period of time. Like... No, I can't go to people more. I've lived in Iceland. I've lived in Norway. I've lived in no, Denmark. No, no. I lived there spent, in a hotel spent, for a week. You spent a week there. No, I didn't, I didn't go live on... in a hotel, by the way. I spent two months in America. I was living mm. in a tent. Did I live in America then? In yeah, a... I would say you did. Would you say you lived in York when you was at uni? Yeah. Well, but that's different because I lived in a house and I paid bills for that house. Right, but... And then I went to uni. You went to Camp America. Yeah, I lived, you lived in a tent. In, in a tent thing, <laughs> cabin thing. You didn't pay bills because you were already ducted oh, from your wages. They were, that was brutal. 
That was horrible. So I'd say that's that was horrible mm. for two months. But would you say to people like, if people were like, "Oh, where have you where have you lived?" Like, you'd be like, "Oh, I lived in a house in Shaw. I lived in a tent for two months. No. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> that." No, <laughs> no, I just like to exaggerate, don't I? Yeah. Um, Zelda. So they've just had Scotty, baby Scotty. Zelda was not interested in housekeeping or um, domestics. Well, Fair domestics enough. is in the arguments. No, like, she loves that. Domestics is in that housework. Domestic work. It's presumed that she had an abortion when she became pregnant again in 1922. Oh. And this incident is referenced in Scott's novel, The Beautiful and Damned. In 1922, Zelda was asked to write a review of Scott's novel, The Beautiful oh. and Damned, for the New York Tribune. In this review, she revealed that Scott lifted material from her diaries and she did this in a typical cheeky fashion. Um, so Can't I think imagine. Everyone else was like, ooh and I bet. <laughs> F. Scott was like fuming. I bet he was not happy. The review was well received and she received offers to write for other magazines. Isn't it weird that a review can be well received? Yeah. Like, I'm going to review this review of this book. It's interesting. Well, no, I think just people were like, oh, she wrote really well and then was like, oh, write for our magazine. In June 1922, she wrote an essay called Eulogy on the Flapper for the Metropolitan magazine. In this essay, she mourned the decline of flapper lifestyle and defended her own unconventional and audacious existence. So, she's pretty passionate about it. She continued writing several short stories and articles and helped her husband write the play The Vegetable in 1923. Not a good name. No. The play flopped. Yeah. Um, due to their extravagant lifestyle, they found themselves in debt. So, because the play didn't do well, since they'd been counting on it. There was a poor harvest that year. <sighs> the couple had excessive spending that was a habits. Vegetable joke. I got it. <laughs> you didn't laugh. Sorry. <laughs> the couple had expensive um, spending habits, and as a result, they faced financial ruin, mm. and this influenced their decisions. In 1924, they moved to France and joined a group of American expatriates on the Riviera. Oh, lovely. Um, these were led by Gerald and Sarah Murphy. Never heard of them. I don't know what expatriates is. People who um, leave one country and live in another country. Oh, but I don't think that term's used as much anymore, is it? Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Must just be me then. So, um, 1924, they moved to France and then cracks began to emerge in, the, in their lifestyle. Um... When they moved to the French Riviera, Riviera, um, Zelda became infatuated with a French aviator, Edouard Hosan. Edouard spelt weird as well. When you say aviator, do you mean someone who flies planes or someone who makes planes? Doesn't Presumably say. someone who flies planes. I think so. But can I tell you how this name spelled? Yeah. E-D-O-U-A-R-D. A. Edward. That's what I said, but it's like French spelling. Yeah. So, Zelda was infatuated with the kid. Um, The affair soon fizzled out. I hope he's not a child. No, he's an adult. (laughs) The affair soon fizzled out, but Zelda's relationship with Scott became unrepairable. They've only been together a few years. They've only been married for. He's unrepairable, where is Well, it's not got a line under it, see? It's not. Oh, God. Um. I didn't know this. They've been yeah. together how many years? Four or five? Four, yeah. Oh. But this was when the cracks were emerging in the lifestyle, so I don't know. But they're still together? Yeah, still together. But... Uh, in 1924, Zelda had an article published in the magazine McCall's, and this was titled, Does a Moment of Revolt Come Sometime to Every Married Man? 
which hints at some stuff there. I don't know what she's trying to say. but I don't know. If we read it, we might know. Yeah, if you fancy it, have a read. Um, it was at this time that she also began to paint. Uh, whilst in France, Scott published his third novel, The Great Gatsby, in 1925. So he's rolled out three books in five years. That really. was the first one which really hit, wasn't it? Um, well, this book has gone on to become a classic, and the film mm. has too. Put a question mark there, Matt. I wanted mm, your influence. Which one? Recent one. No. There's another one? Yeah, there's one from maybe like 30, 40, 50 years ago. I don't know. Oh, right. Um, but, but that yeah, one did go. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think either are like seen as classics, especially not the new one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. Oh, I thought that Joel one was... Joel Edgerton. I thought that one was supposed to be really good. No. Oh, well, take A lot out, of people then. didn't like how, um, what's the director called? Also did, um, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I don't like that one. Um, he put loads of modern music in, like Jay-Z and stuff, into... I didn't know that. In, in Great Gatsby, yeah, like during the party scenes and stuff. Well, why? It's the 1920s. Jay-Z weren't there. He wasn't there. No, it's just interesting. Oh, right, okay. But anyway, the book disappointed Scott due to its initial middling reception. Oh. So it weren't a hit at first. Oh. It was middly. Yeah. Uh, it was in this year that Scott also met Ernest Hemingway. The two became good friends quickly. Um, and Zelda didn't approve of this. Did you know about this? Yeah. That they were mates. Did you know Zelda didn't approve? Um, n- not massively. It's I don't in know. a movable feast. I know, yeah. I've, yeah, I read it. Um, he talks, Hemingway talks about how they were friends and then how... I don't know, he doesn't seem like that um, kind to Fitzgerald in his writing. Um, and then he fell out, I think. Oh, well, I just got the... So, I just got this point where they just met. Um, so Zelda didn't approve of the friendship and she even accused her husband of having a homo... Homo sapien. Is that the word you're looking for? Homosexual. Ah, homosexual. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm really struggling with my words today. Easy um, words. Having a homosexual affair. Um, with um, who? With Hemingway. Ah. Popular opinion of Zelda was initially driven by Ernest Hemingway's descriptions in A Movable Feast. Oh. And this was published posthumously in 1964. Posthumously. When was that? Oh, 1964. <laughs> um, in this, he dismissed her as insane and blamed Scott's growing dependence on drink on his wife. Yeah, in, in the in the book, he, they go driving somewhere, I can't remember where it is, and Scott is always like, I need to ring Zelda, I need to ring Zelda to like chat to her and make oh. sure she's alright after. That sounds though. Yeah, but I think it's a bit much, a bit of an intense relationship. That's the vague description that I can remember from the from the book. Oh, well, I just don't think Zelda and him liked each other. Mm. But back to Zelda. Um, she was seeking creative outlets of her own. Um, she began writing short stories for magazines. Um, she was painting, swimming and intensely practising ballet, which was a hobby when she was young. Um, she was... I can imagine it's quite difficult to get into ballet again. I think it must be really When tough. you're older. She did well, though. Yeah. She was trying to create a niche for herself, um, the first as a writer and then later as a dancer, and she didn't want to remain in her husband's shadow. And I think she's very independent, so I imagine she would struggle with that. Miss Independent. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just stopping you. That's why um, I love... I love singing the back way. Back one. <laughs> 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 Some believe that she went too far with her headstrong and fearless behaviour and she was even labelled as crazy. So 
seems she was a bit excessive with everything she did. Mm. She didn't do anything by halves. That's good, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. She's passionate. She's very passionate. Um, it's thought that Scott felt threatened by Zelda and he constantly tried to bring her down. Um, he was not recognised as sufficiently as he wanted for his writings during his lifetime. During his lifetime. Mm. And the result was that he became very bitter. Like he would borrow lemon. material from Zelda's diary. What did you like say? Like a lemon. Oh, right. <laughs> just adding bits oh alright thank you so we'd borrow material from Zelda's diaries and put them in his own novels and Zelda resented this and he thwarted Zelda's attempts to write he just wouldn't let her write but I guess it's a bit of a I think he was so bitter about his own writing that if she did well he would just he wouldn't be alright yeah he doesn't like the fact that she's trying to um, impede on his Turf, yeah, so but, to speak. but in the end, she turned to painting and ballet. But she did write a book later, yeah, right. Uh, the family returned well, she did a bit of writing for magazines, and stuff yeah, as well, yeah. Didn't she? But I think he stuff. just really resented it. Mm. I think it's he just didn't want anybody else to be successful mm. well, someone close to him to be successful and him not, which I guess you can relate to in a way, <laughs> but me, no, not you, oh, everyone. <laughs> Like, um, if I really wanted to be a really good knitter and then you came along and was really no, good at knitting, right. knitting, I would be really Look happy for you. I wouldn't hatch. stop you. Cross I'm not hatch. like... No, no. I'm not like um, Fitzgerald, but I also feel that I kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Is it, I if, think he's a bit insecure. If someone um, up usurped you and you think you're really good at it and all of a sudden they come in and just... Yeah, yeah. They're also really good at it. feel threatened, basically. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's what it's about. The family returned to the USA to Wilmington in Delaware, um, but they became eager for change again and moved to Paris in 1927. So it was a bit moved back. Yeah, right. so they came back a short time and moved back again. Yeah. By the end of the 1920s, the Fitzgeralds' marriage had become agitated. They'd already been quarrelsome, but now it was escalating. Um, the turbulent marriage was fraught with alcoholism, violence, financial ups and downs, and Zelda's battle with mental health issues. Mm. Um, and Scott was also struggling to write his fourth novel, so I imagine he was very grumpy. Yeah. In 1928, or 1929, it's not clear what year, Zelda was invited to join the ballet school of the San Carlo Opera Ballet Company oh, in Naples. Cool. So she must have been pretty good. Yeah. To be fair, she's only that's only ten years after she left school and I bet she was still dancing, but just not as actively as she was when she was younger. Yeah. Until she picked it up again properly. Um she declined the invite. Oh I thought such a shame. I feel like she should have done that. Um she declined to focus on a writing of short stories. And Scott also considered her obsession with ballet a waste of time. She declined the ballet school to focus yeah, on. Yeah, to write. Okay. So she's a bit backwards and forwards, to be honest, because mm. at one minute she's like, I won't write, I'll paint and dance. And then the next she's like, I'll not do yeah. ballet, I need to write. I like that she tries to hand everything. She's trying to figure out what, what she likes now. It is, but I definitely think she should have tried it in Naples. Yeah. Uh, in 1929, the stock market crashed and the Fitzgerald over-the-top lifestyle of travel and influence collapsed and they were left in financial ruin. Which... I think... Happens to everyone, doesn't it, really? And I think you could see it coming. Not... <laughs> no, but I mean... What do you mean? Looking back now... The uh, I think other Wall people, Street crash. No, no, but I think oh, other no, people... Oh, no, if you'd have been there, right, you'd have stopped it. Go on, My sorry. My point doesn't matter. It does. It does. No. Uh, the family was... 
What? Go on, tell me your point. No, I was just saying, if you look back, other people probably would have been a bit wiser with the money, but these were already in financial these ruin. These in particular, yeah, you could see they, it coming for these. Too. Yeah, they yeah. already were in financial ruin. Even without the Wall Street crash, it was coming. Yeah. They were living the high life. Yeah. They were hit hard by the Great Depression and left penniless. Um, it was also said that the marriage ended up nothing more than a facade. Is that how you say that? Mm. <laughs> Not clear. Oh, well. Uh, their lives mimicked their era. Facade. Facade. Yeah. What? <laughs> right, cut it out. It was also <laughs> said that the marriage ended up nothing more than a facade. Their lives mimicked the era. Um, they were roaring in the 1920s for all they were worth, but with the crash in 1929, everything fell apart. Did you write that? Of course I didn't. <laughs> it's good though, isn't it? That's why I was going to say that is quite good, yeah. Um... In 1930, Zelda had a mental breakdown. She was uh, sent to the um, clinics in Europe. So she was sent to clinics in Europe for the mm. next year. She was diagnosed as a schizophrenic and was first admitted to a sanatorium in France. And mm. I wrote, I hate that word. Sanatorium? Yeah, it's, it's unpleasant, Yeah, it's it? very upsetting. It seems very cold and very... Yeah, like... Hospital. doesn't seem like a nice place. No... Following her release in 1931, the uh, Fitzgeralds moved back to the US. Once back in the US, Zelda had another breakdown in 1932. Her father's death took its toll on her, and she then entered Phipps Psychiatric Clinic in Baltimore. And while she was in here, she wrote her only novel, Save Me the Waltz. Cool. Do you know anything about it? Yeah, I started reading it. I didn't finish it. You didn't it. like it? No, I found it quite difficult. I read it, it was a few years ago, but I started without any knowledge of her really and that's fine yeah after a few chapters i was a bit lost oh uh, to be honest the book's largely autobiographical mm. um i remember what happens at the start though she's at home and then i think she meets someone oh. and she has to like agree to run away or marry him or something I can't oh yeah really this um it tells the her side of the marriage to, oh, there you go. to fitzgerald um, but it tells it through the characters of Alabama Beggs and her painter husband, David Knight. Right. So, it tells her story. Scott resented Zelda's use of the same material he planned to use for his novel, and he also blamed her for medical bills for keeping him from finishing his own work. So, still a bit fraught. Save Me the Waltz did not sell well, however, and as a result, Zelda turned to playwriting. Uh, the book only sold 1,392 copies. Her play, Scandalabra, was staged by a small theatre group in Baltimore in 1933. However, this was described as a fantasy farce and it confused critics with its rambling banter. And I put <laughs> a bit like your banter, Matty. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I love that, that you can just live in Paris and spend loads of money and not have there's no jobs. Yeah, there's no jobs, exactly. They're just they like... They just write every now and then and uh, yeah, it's just, drink and dance. Yeah. And it was a different life. It was very different, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't do that today. I know. Wish we could. Scott finally published Tender is the Night in 1934, which was ten years after his third novel. So it was, yeah. He was struggling to write, though, with medical bills. <laughs> in the mid-1930s, the Fitzgeralds were in great debt and they were troubled... Scott was bitter due to successive failures, struggling with alcoholism, and was having an affair with a movie columnist. And Zelda was in and out of health clinics. It's a bit of a troubled time. Zelda turned. <laughs> it's all to... been a bit of a troubled I know, time. But... I and Zelda turned to painting as a creative outlet. 
She exhibited some of these in 1934, which had been painted whilst in and out of sanatoriums, but these were re received unenthusiastically. Wow. So... Neither of them seem to have got much success during their lives. No, I think it's afterwards. Yeah. In 1936, Zelda entered Highland Hospital in Asheville, North Carolina. And in 1937, Scott moved to Hollywood to become a scriptwriter. Oh, yeah. This troubled Zelda and was an influence on her deteriorating mental health. Forgot about but that. it also linked... It, apparently, he moved to Hollywood because of his affair with the right. movie scriptwriter. Um, so, three years later, on the 21st of December 1940, Scott died in Hollywood at age 44 of a heart attack. At the time of his death, he'd been working on his novel, The Love of the Last Tycoon. Zelda convinced the literary critic Edmund Wilson to edit this work. Yeah, and it's now uh, it's published and you can find it as The Last Tycoon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think she still loved him. She was like, yeah. what's this book out? Yeah, they just had a, had a difficult relationship. Zelda's health continued to decline. Um, she was unable to attend her daughter's wedding in 1943. Oh. So Scotty's wedding. Um, but after the birth of her grandson, she became reinvigorated. She um, began to paint against whilst in Montgomery at her family's homestead. Is a homestead like land? Yeah, I Far, think so, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, despite this, her mental health continued to deteriorate, so it seemed like she was a bit up and down, mm. but she was bad, really bad now that she couldn't go to her daughter's wedding. Um, she was once again admitted to hospital, and she started a second novel called Caesar's Things. However, she died before she could complete this. Um, Did she die in any particular way? Because I had that. Yes. I thought... That's literally my next sentence. Oh. Do you want to tell me what you think? I seem to think that she died in a fire. Is that right? Yes. Um, she died in a fire. Oh. <laughs> in Highfield Hospital. In a hospital, yeah. 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 On the 10th of March, 1948. Mm. Um, but she was buried alongside Scott in Old St. Mary's Catholic Church Cemetery in Rockville, Maryland. Mm. So, Scott died when he was 44 and she died when she was 48. So... How long after Scott died then? It mustn't have been that long. Only four years. Four years. Scott was four years older than her. That doesn't make any sense. Eight years. She died eight years later. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. She died in 
That was cool. That's all right. Yeah. Um, so, similar to Scott, Zelda was not recognised on a large scale during her lifetime. Um, some later works and inquiries were sympathetic to her and they claimed that Scott was a tyrannical, domineering husband. And Zelda's quite fascinating um, for feminists and a lot are inspired by her. By like her struggles to break free from her husband's control and chart her own course, both as an artist and a woman. Um, and they say that she served as a muse to her husband, but she was also a creative force to be remembered, which I think is fair enough. Like she was a muse and she was a creative force. But however, as early as 1974, Scotty, the daughter, wrote that attempts to view her, as her mother as a classic put down wife whose efforts to express her nature were thwarted by a typical male chauvinist husband were not accurate. Mm, so I think it's complex. not all there, yeah. Um, some people said she was ahead of her time and she took a beating for it. And they say that Scott uh, stole her ideas and put them in his books. Um, and someone like Mark Gill, who's the president of Millennium Films, said the marriage was a codependency from hell with a jazz age soundtrack. Hmm. It does sound like an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. But I also don't think that either of them are to blame. Um, writing in the New Yorker in 2013, Molly Fisher noted, saving Zelda Fitzgerald is no easy proposition. She doesn't want to be anyone's pet and there's something disconcerting about the literary readiness to domesticate her, to transform an ex exasperating woman into an appealing heroine. Which I think is quite good. Like Everyone's just like, oh... She's like they've just taken like oh she was looking yeah. to get out of this controlling like relationship to get her own creative mm. outlets but they're just turning her into a hero when she probably wasn't. Yeah, I think that especially now it's a lot easier to do that once she's already dead. Like it's like <clears throat> you can make people yeah, so into icons or you can make people into yeah. So I wrote heroes. um that she's been Hollywoodized, yeah. so they sanded away her rough edges and reinvented her as a relatable heroine for our modern times, mm. which I think is what everybody really wants, really. Yeah, I think they do that with, with a lot of people. I think whenever someone dies, like, when you reevaluate them, they're always sort of put in that light. Um, yeah, you can ignore things a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and mould them to what you... I think want so. Because you don't also, know we them. Don't, no, we don't know anything she no. really went through except we just know dates when she published things yeah. or when she drew something or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so another person called Fowler says there's a growing tendency to apply our own concerns to Zelda. But yeah. um, she says that she didn't see herself as a feminist and she didn't fully succeed at anything. Um, and her original reputation is what conventional um, standards of, of what a woman should be. So she defied the standards, but yeah. doesn't mean anything today. Um, her ambitions and her insistence on pursuing them were considered inappropriate and unhealthy. Um, and she was told that she had a split mind because of her insistence to pursue these creative Didn't outlets. Didn't she also schizophrenia, though? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, and another person called Churchwell said that we've come to sympathise with her frustration and recognise her gifts. Um, but she said there's cautions against um, a specific Team Scott and Team Zelda divide. Yeah. We don't know what happened. Um, and also Fitzgerald wrote a few years before we died that it was a moral imperative that their friends understood they were a couple, a unit, and would stay that way even if her illness meant they couldn't live together. Mm. So I think they they loved each other yeah, personally. Yeah, it seems like they did. Definitely. Yeah, and also um, I read a bit that said 
that she was probably too ill when she started to hone her gifts and Scott didn't want her to write but it wasn't all because he like because of like his territory of writing but it's because the doctors told him it was bad for her mm. so he's in a way he's looking out for her yeah kind of um and it's this person also said that her work isn't in the same class as his mm. so they're like she's all right but yeah i, I think, think she did come to it a little late though i think that is sort of generally accepted and i think she was a bit gung-ho with it rather than being like one thing i'm going to become an expert on yeah. it she was like oh i'll do this today and this this morning and this yeah but I, I like that no i do like that like don't i'm always doing like <laughs> the minute i'm knitting a hat <laughs> um and then i might scrapbook like i'm not never doing just one thing but mm. so yeah and then other people say that if she made different choices she could have been an important writer yeah but I don't know. I don't Maybe. really think she knew what she wanted. No, she got she got to do a lot of different stuff. She got to live a life. I think she had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything more about the fire? No. No, just the <coughs> fire got more broke out. No, no, no. Bad, bad <coughs> way to go, isn't it? Really bad way to go. Um. There's also a film which I quite like, but it's been. It got good reviews originally. Uh, Midnight in Paris. Oh, someone was talking about this recently. Who was talking? And I was adamant I've seen it. No, but I've seen haven't. an American in Paris. Different films. <laughs> I know, but I think I want to see it. Um, yeah, it's. Um... Oh, I understand why it got good reviews originally. Why? Is it not by Woody Allen? Yeah, it is by Woody Allen, right? which is obviously problematic. Um, but also, I think people just see it as like a bit of a nostalgia trip, which it is, but I quite like it. Because he goes back I in would time. enjoy it. He, uh, he's a writer, um, Owen Wilson. He goes back and he meets all these like, literary heroes. He meets like, Fitzgerald, and he meets Ella Fitzgerald, and he meets Hemingway, he meets Gertrude Stein, and he meets like Salvador Dali and Picasso and all these people. And then he meets this woman who falls in love with. This is spoilers for this film, by the way. And then what she just really wants to do is go back further in time because she sees the 1890s i think it is in france as like the perfect time yeah so it's like everyone always looks back and thinks that the time before was better like we look back yeah, like, and we were like oh weren't it good that they didn't have yeah. to have a job but i bet they were looking back like in the film to the 1890s or 1880s being like yeah, oh probably. i wish i could live in that time in france because that was yeah. amazing but yeah that's a different that's a bit of a tangent pretty good film good I, I quite like it well, that's that Matt's was film my. Corner for oh, the day. That's... oh, I like that section. <laughs> Thanks. You did Great Gatsby before as well. That can slot in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, that was my report. Very good. So the Fitzgeralds. Yeah, I quite like the name Scotty for a girl as well. Yeah, it's all right. Actually. I don't know why it's on um suits. One of the girls is called. Oh Scotty. really? Yeah. This is Lana's TV corner. Yep. Suits. suits. <laughs> Have you got a big question for today? Um, I had a few, but I've just read through them and they're not that good. Okay, brilliant. Um, basically, I'll make one up now. Well, I'll, Why, what, what were the ones you had? I'll read one I've got, so I'm not making any up. Okay. Um, I was going to ask, if you could tell Zelda's story in a mm. way that's not... That's already been done, you can do it again if you want, or in a different way, how would you tell it? What medium? Oh, what medium? Yeah, you you can tell it. Oh, you could mm. you could stand up and do a speech for everyone. You could. Um... I think you do a speech actually. Do you? Yeah, I think, I think a, a book can't quite get across the uh, the differing tones of her life. Would you think a speech could? Yeah, probably. 
Who are you giving the speech to? Just university students. Oh, yeah. I'm good, Anna. A lecture. You give yeah. a lecture. Yeah. Um, That's an you... interest. That's a strange... What? Yeah, sorry. It's I just thought question. she's been like... She's been, yeah, they've had they've TV shows, but at the time that TV show's not good. Is it not? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's in TV shows. There was show, a film, film set to come out as well, um, but I don't know if it came out. And I didn't, my report Save was long enough. No, no. don't know if they ever made had, a film um, version of that. I don't know who had him. Oh. I don't know. Um, do you think you would have liked The Roaring Twenties? Um, in theory... Probably not in reality. I think you're a tortured artist. You would like it. <laughs> no, I think in theory I would, but in reality I'd hate it. Why? I'd be like, God, all these drunk people are messing oh. around. And they're just like, come on, let's go and drink until yeah, four in the morning and then let's wake up at whatever time and just yeah, write for a Yeah, but you've got no responsibility. Yeah, no That's responsibility sounds quite good. <laughs> yeah, because at the moment you're like, got to get up, do that, do that, do yeah, that. Yeah, go to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not as big a drinker as, as these guys tend to be. But if it, you might have been then. You're might going in with your yeah, I'm, 2018 I'm putting, I'm putting mentality. I'm putting modern me in there and I'm thinking, You'd hate what's the sanitation like? Modern you would what's hate What's the hygiene it? like? Oh, gosh. Shocking. But is this milk out of date? Yeah. Can't have it. No. I can't have that. I can't have it. Um. <laughs> also, I want to know, who's your favourite celebrity couple? Wow. These are the first. Alive, dead. Any. You can have any. I'll give you any. It's tough. Stumped me, yeah, to be honest. Can't think of any celebrity couples that I actually like. I bet you can guess mine. Um, George and Amal Clooney. Yes, I wrote another couple down. Did can you, you guess that one? I literally wrote George and Amal. They're um, on my list. George and Amal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. No, I don't know. I don't know the other one. Have a, have a think, Matt. They're two <laughs> famous people. One was in a band, and uh, one played sports. Oh, he played football. I don't know. David Beckham and Victoria yes. Beckham. Oh, well, that's awkward at the moment. There's some, some I know. Divorce I rooms. wrote this before. Oh. I wrote this together then, because it was. <laughs> Who's my favourite divorce? Celebrity couple. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that one, sorry. I'm not big on big big on celebrity couple. You like um, what's she called? Greta Gerwig. Is she married to? No. Oh, no, Bombach. Yeah. yeah, they're together. Not married. We'll allow it. Yeah. They're a couple. Well done. Good choice. Thank you. That's it. That's the end of the report. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Thanks for that report. So what I made mean. you choose Elder Fitzgerald? Um, I did some research of like influential women who okay. aren't quite that famous but i realize she is quite famous she's but... quite famous but i don't think everyone will know that much about her i think people will have heard of um scott's books and all yeah that, also i think you know, you're you're interested in that stuff so you've heard of quite a bit of it yeah. but i know quite a few people who wouldn't have a clue who they were yes true so yeah and she's pretty cool but I think I was also on, now reflecting on it, I think I was on like some feminist website that was like cool women, like who mm-hmm. aren't well known, who were really cool, like. Not the best title. <laughs> that wasn't the title, I can't Good. remember it, but yeah, because I think that was like, oh yeah, groundbreaking women, but really, yeah. she weren't that groundbreaking. In ways, I think she was. I think she was. Hello. She, she uh, tra- blazed her own trail. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So, thanks for listening to this um, report. Thanks for doing the report. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks, people. everyone. Um, if you want to contact Lorna and let her know why she's wrong, or right about Zelda Fitzgerald, um, tweet us at idiothistorypod or on the G. That's on Twitter. Or on the Gmail. On the Gmail <laughs> at idiothistorypod at gmail.com. That's emails, by the way. Or at um, Lorna underscore Barry with three Y's? No, that's it's just Lorna Barry with two Y's. Oh, is it Lorna Barry with two Y's or at Matt Singleton seventeen? Give us a tweet. Um, they're on Twitter, by the way. Um, leave us a review. Um, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell two. Tell a group. Yeah, tell. Yeah, go to work. Go to the water cooler. Put it on. Put it on at work. Play the podcast (laughs) out loud. And everyone will be like, we're in a meeting. And be like, one second. Um, <laughs> you guys should all listen to this. Maybe maybe hold a meeting just for that. Yes, great decision. Planet Line. Be like, we need a team meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a two-hour meeting. I've got two episodes lined up. Ooh, Make sure you ones. download them before. Yeah. And um, this is, that's our challenge to you. Oh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Um, don't get fired. <laughs> Let us know how you get on. Um... So, yeah, thanks for listening. And yep. come back next week. I'll have a report from myself. It's going to be Woo! something fabulous. <laughs> I'm fascinated. Oh, okay, good. thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.